Welcome to the Jean Hales Podcast Women's Health Week series, where we talk about all the things you want to hear but can never ask. Here's your host, Janet Mishelmore. Today we're going to be talking about the impact of change. I don't mean little changes like cutting out sugar or walking more, but the monumental changes we're going through at home and at work due to COVID. I'm joined by one of Australia's leading psychologists and co-founder of Transitioning Well, Sarah Cotton. As the name suggests, Transitioning Well specialises in organisational change, supporting people through work-life transitions, grief, illness, and even redundancy. I really wanted to hear from an expert about what she's seeing and hearing in the workplace and how people are coping with such massive changes. Here's my interview with Sarah Cotton. Sarah, one of the things I've been finding most difficult about living in lockdown is trying to manage the difference between home life and work life when, frankly, both are happening in the same space and often at the very same time. Are your clients also finding it hard to separate work and life in lockdown? Oh, absolutely. And I think when it comes to work and life, even before the pandemic, you know, I think life always got the raw deal. But I think when we talk about living in lockdown, what we're finding is that those boundaries between work and life are now so enmeshed that it's very hard for people to actually separate and to switch off and show up in the different roles that we play. And so when that happens, what we're finding is this incredible conflict that we have between those two important parts of our life. And that has an enormous consequence on people's mental health and well-being. What I've experienced is there's not even a change between what you wear. I do Zoom meetings all day and I think I'm in my work clothes, but really what you see underneath the desk is not my work clothes. So you don't even have a physical difference between how you look at work and at home. Oh, absolutely, Janet. Can I just say, people used to curse the commute, <laughs> you know, oh, the rotten commute, <laughs> you know, it's such a waste of time. But I think we just didn't realise those important markers that we had, getting dressed, catching the bus, catching the train, all those things, those parts of our day that helped us to separate between work and life. And we don't have those now. So we're having to be a lot more intentional around that. I think there's no switch off time either. I use public transport to actually think. And I don't listen to music. I know a lot of people do. But there's not even that barrier. No, there's not anymore. And I think that's what people are really missing. We're just going, as I said before, from one role to the next without that demarcation. And so we're needing to put in what we call it transitioning well, transition rituals. I know for me in my life, when I'm actually become mum-mum, not worker-mum, I go and put my PJs on so my kids actually know that I've switched off for the day. And now they've actually got me as mum-mum. So it's about finding those rhythms and routines and transition rituals that work for you. The idea of transition rituals, it's such a great concept. Do you have any ideas of other rituals? Because I love the idea of mum-mum in her jammies, but I suspect that might not be the best solution for everybody. Yeah, I think it can be as simple as just turning off the light in your office putting a blanket over your laptop, signalling to you and other people that I'm now switched off from that role and I'm actually going to show up and be present in the other many roles and the other many hats that I wear. But it's about, Janet, finding something that works for you and something that works for those of us that are in community and in family that can signal to them when we're in those different roles as well. 
Sarah, can you talk to me about the mental health impacts when the boundaries between work and home are a bit blurred? There's many impacts, Janet, many impacts at individual level, at a workplace level, at a community level. But what we're seeing in light of the sustained disruption of COVID is that many people are starting to feel as if they're burning out. So they're not actually able to sustain the longevity of doing all of these things in this sort of enmeshed way. Because what we know psychologically is that people are not having any recovery time. Absolutely not. There's no holidays for a start. We're not allowed to go too many places. So there's not that break. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just the holidays and it's not just the not switching off well at night or on the weekends. The weekends are a bit blurry now anyway, especially in lockdown. (laughs) But people are not even taking lunch breaks, Janet. We're seeing that's a really unhealthy trend. So they're not even stopping to have lunch or they're not even stopping to have those five-minute buffers between meeting to meeting. When we were in a physical work environment, you'd get up, you'd go and walk around, you'd go up the stairs, you know, you'd get to the next meeting room, you might bump into a colleague, have a coffee. You've got those forced breaks. So we're not even having the recovery between meetings either. What have been the greatest challenges for workplaces that you are working with currently with people in and out of lockdowns? I believe very strongly at the moment is that people's surge capacity, I call it, is really depleted. So what we're finding is that there's a real sense of, I guess, from a mental health and wellbeing perspective, a real sense of what has been termed languishing. You know, that sense of blur or that sense of just feeling there. And it was a term that was coined by a sociologist about 20 years ago, Corey Keyes. And I think it's just so apt to helping people understand why we're feeling that way. So that's certainly one issue, Janet, that we're seeing. More specifically to your question, I think that you've got workplaces trying to juggle this transition from lockdown back to the office. And many workplaces are choosing to do more of a hybrid workplace model. But it's very tricky to do when we keep getting thrown into these lockdowns again, you know, just when you get people comfortable about starting to return to the office and finding their new normal of hybrid work, then we're thrown back into these lockdowns. So there certainly is quite a lot of return reluctance as well, Janet, that workplaces are grappling with. What about managers who are not only trying to adapt themselves to this constantly changing environment, but they also have to manage their workplaces? Do you have some tips for them on how best to do that? Well, I think managers really need to be able to, I would say, first of all, be well themselves and to have thought through their own transition first. So, you know, how can we lead and support other people in their transition as a leader if we haven't actually done that piece of work for ourselves first? So that would be my number one tip wholeheartedly for leaders at the moment. And then secondly, my other big one would be that ask, don't assume. I think so often as leaders, we assume so much about people's circumstances. And yet it's so simple, really, in many ways for leaders just to be thinking, let me just have that conversation. Let me understand what's going on for that individual person. And let's sort of map out a plan together that's going to be good for the workplace and then good for that individual worker as well. We see everything through our own lens of belief. But actually, there are lots of other ways of thinking and doing things. I think, Janet, I remember, I don't know where I read it. I wish, you know, when you read those wonderful quotes and then you can never remember where you've read them. There was this beautiful quote that summarises what you've just said. And it said, through COVID, we've all been in the same storm, but we've all been in our own boats. And I think for all of us, it's so important to remember 
that whilst we've all experienced the pandemic globally, we have all experienced it very differently in our own boats and as friends, as workers, as leaders, as neighbours, we need to hold on to that and remember to be kind with one another because we don't know what the story is in each of those boats. I love that metaphor of the boats, but do you know what, Sarah? I never thought I would be on an emergency raft and looking at Zoom all day. When I'm working in lockdown, I seem to spend my entire day in Zoom meetings and I am exhausted. What are the ways we can try to actually combat Zoom fatigue? I think Zoom fatigue is very real, Janet, and something that we are all feeling with this sustained Zooming through the pandemic. There are some really practical things that we can do to try and mitigate that Zoom fatigue. First of all, is I believe, is just acknowledging it. So simple, just acknowledging that it's okay that we're experiencing this Zoom fatigue and we're not alone. Secondly, I always believe it's about choosing the best channel of communication for the message that you want to communicate. So rather than just jumping on a Zoom call, to be actually able to think through, is there another channel virtually that I could do this, sort of deliver this message? I think we've forgotten the phone. Sometimes if it is just one or two people, actually setting up a phone call can be still very effective rather than just getting on and and actually having the camera on. Sometimes actually turning the camera off can be effective as well. I know one member of our team the other day was having a really flat day and it was quite powerful actually. She said, look, do you mind if I just turn my camera off today? And she said after when she reflected on it, she said that was just really helpful. I was just over the Zoom and having to feel like I was on show every day. And so just managing that as well and giving yourself permission as well. I know that can be tricky sometimes too, Janet, because it is important to see people. But using the phone is a really good point. We heard from someone earlier in the week that one of the ways to keep moving while we're all pretty confined is to use the phone call as an opportunity to walk around the living room, walk around the house, so that you actually were still talking, still engaged in the conversation but you kept moving. Yeah, I think that's a really great strategy actually is having those walking meetings is a really good strategy. Even getting outside, I would recommend, Janet, not just walking around the home, but if you've got the technology to do that, then absolutely being able to get out of the home and get some fresh air and have some of those meetings while you're actually out walking can be a really good strategy. Even just opening the windows too. I think sometimes the simplest things can make a a really big difference just as we're trying to get through all these meetings in a day. But the other other one I can think of too, Janet, is just, and we mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation, is actually just having buffer time between meetings. So rather than going from Zoom call to Zoom call to Zoom call, no wonder we're Zoom fatigued when we actually are not stopping to have those breaks between meetings. One more thing I want to touch on, Sarah, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot. We've spent most of our time today talking about those of us who are working from home and the adjustments and transitions we've had to make. But is there an even bigger transition happening for those who've lost their jobs or had to change industries when the pandemic hit? Yeah, so well said, Janet. I think we've been talking about the different boats that we've all been in through COVID. And you're right, so many people no longer have a job, have lost their job. And I think we can't underestimate the impact that that has had on individual workers and their sense of identity and purpose and the loved ones around them that have seen them navigate that really big change in their lives. I also think that the change of jobs that you've referred to as well, where people are having to completely transition to a new field, 
in a matter of weeks and months. It's massive where the the industry that perhaps they've been working in has completely shut down through the pandemic and they've needed to transition to a completely different industry and hats off to them. The stories that I have heard about the way in which people's resilience, both individually and collectively, have been able to do that is quite inspirational and something that I'm so glad that you've raised, Janet, because it's such an important point to make. I've watched the hospitality industry being totally decimated and the arts industry and watching the creativity that they used to show in their old world in a new world has been extraordinary. Yeah, and I think there's lots of lessons in that for all of us as we're living now the 100-year life I think it's got me thinking anyway, individually, about all those incredible career transitions that are open to us and how adaptable we actually are as human beings when we're faced with these incredible challenges in life. Sarah, thank you so much for talking with me today. I think it's really important in these incredibly uncertain times to have these conversations because they remind us, even when we're stuck in our own boats, we are adaptable or we can be adaptable. We will get through this, but we need these practical strategies to make it happen. Oh, thank you, Janet, for opening up such an important conversation. And I have to say, it's so important, isn't it, in life to know that we're not alone. What a beautiful and practical conversation with Sarah Cotton. I found it really comforting to know that we're all struggling and we're all in it together. We've got lots of other great conversations in our Women's Health Week series, so please make sure you check those out too. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Jean Hales podcast, Women's Health Week series. Today's episode has been brought to you by Liptember. You can find out more about Sarah and her company Transitioning Well by visiting transitioningwell.com.au. For free expert health information for all women, girls, and gender-diverse people, visit genehales.org.au.